Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, your host, Billy Dean Shoemate III here, and welcome to another episode of Strange Places. Today, we're going to tackle one of my favorite strange places, one that I've been wanting to do since yeah, episode one, <laughs> Pumapunku. It is the name of a large temple complex located near Tiwanaku in Bolivia. It's part of a larger archaeological ar archaeological site known as uh, Tihanaku. The temple's origin is a mystery, but based on carbon dating of organic material found on the site, not the stones themselves, mind you, archaeologists believe uh, this could have been built by the Tiwanaku Empire, one of the most important civilizations prior to Inca, flourished between 300 and 1000 AD. But these stones, which uh, upon first glance would look like any other ruined, you know, ancient temple or what have you, but upon closer inspection, it's a lot weirder than that. And this thing has been dated from 1000 AD to 80 AD to uh, the BCs, 75,000 BC, 5000 BC, all the, all the way up to 150 to 200,000 BC. And the dates are just, depending on who you ask, they're all over the place. What makes Pumapunku intriguing is the stonework. Pumapunku was a terraced earthen mound originally faced with megalithic blocks, each weighing several tens of tons. But even this sets itself apart from other megalithic structures we can't figure out. The red sandstone, andesite, and granite were cut in such a precise way that they fit perfectly and lock into each other without using mortar. The technical finesse and precision displayed in these stone blocks is astounding. Not even a razor blade can slide in between fitted blocks. Some of these blocks are finished to machine quality and contain drilled holes that are to the millimeter, the exact depth. This is crazy. This is supposed to have been achieved by a civilization that had no writing system and was ignorant of the existence of the wheel. Something doesn't add up, and I'm fascinated by this place. Now... <clears throat> Uh, we'll get into the theories here in just a minute. <laughs> First, let's learn a little bit more about Pumapunku. The fantastic engineering involved is just mind-blowing. In assembling the walls of Pumapunku, each stone was finely cut to interlock with the surrounding stones, and the blocks fit together like a puzzle, forming load-bearing joints without the use of mortar. Yes, they didn't use mortar at all. One common engineering technique involves cutting the top of the lower stone at a certain angle, and placing another stone on top of it, which was cut at the same angle. The precision with which these angles have been utilized to create flush joints is indicative of a highly sophisticated knowledge of stone cutting, but further than that, a thorough understanding of descriptive geometry. Depending on what timeline you believe, we may not even have invented the wheel yet. Many of the joints are so precise that you can't slide a piece of paper in between the stones. Much of the masonry is categorized by acutely cut you know, uh, blocks of such uniformity that they could be interchanged for one another while maintaining a level surface and even joints. The blocks are so precisely cut as to suggest the possibility of prefabrication and mass production. Technologies far in advance of the Tiwanaku's Inca uh, successors, hundreds, thousands of years later. Some of the stones are in an unfinished state, showing some of the techniques used to shape them, apparently. They were initially pounded by stone hammers, uh, despite the fact that not one stone there, not one, has any chisel marks. 
they create depression, slowly ground polished with flat stones and sand, blah, blah, blah. Now, this is what's interesting. Stones are of mammoth proportion. <laughs> mammoth. The largest of these blocks is 25 feet long, 17 wide, three and a half feet thick, weighs 131 metric tons. Due to their size, the method by which they're transported to Pumapuku has been another topic of interest since the discovery. Chemical analysis reveals the red sandstone blocks in particular, as well as the granite, were transported up a steep incline from the quarry near Lake Titicaca about 10 miles away, kilometers. The smaller andesite blocks that were used for stone facing and carvings came from quarries about 90 kilometers away. Now, um, depending on the timeline, the shore of Lake Titicaca was about right there. So, yeah, and keep in mind, too, that this is uh, this is at a pretty high altitude. This was, uh, yeah, it's a hairy area even today. Now, based on the circumstantial evidences, it could be uh, argued that Pumapuku was never built by the Tiwanaku at all, but by a civilization that was way more advanced than that. Perhaps the carbon dating results were wrong due to contamination of the samples, you know, because carbon dating is never wrong. <laughs> it's infallible, remember? There's no way to fuck it up ever. Or that Pumapuku was built by another civilization that came across the ocean, built a complex, and left. Some people believe that Pumapuku couldn't have been uh, built without help from alien beings. Yes, the ancient astronaut theorists, uh, this is like their mecca here. <clears throat> it's weird. It's, it's weird. <laughs> the complex is in complete ruins today. Uh, huge blocks of granite laying on top of each other. The site appears to have been destroyed by an earthquake, perhaps accompanied by tidal wave. There's a lot of theories ranging from explosion to the Great Flood itself, if you ask any of the locals. This block seems to get the most attention. It has strange stone carvings on it. There's a perfect groove with identically spaced precision cut, six millimeter holes drilled along the cut. There's hundreds of holes in this thing, every single one of them is six millimeters exactly. More drill holes in what was once a lintel, an extraordinary detail is visible. This is so bizarre. Now, there are megalithic structures all over the world that we cannot figure out. <laughs> we can't figure out how the pyramids were built. We can't figure out how Stonehenge was built necessarily. There's a lot of places like this. Teotihuacan, there's a lot of places like this. And I've always believed, you know, looking at it from a common sense perspective like I like to do, if you want to find out where this place really came from, go ask the locals. Sure, they're going to have their legends and myths like everything else, but every myth has its little kernel of truth to it. And um, <clears throat> that's the best place to ask. Now, a lot of people have gone and asked the locals about where Puma Bunku came from. And uh, according to their beliefs, according to their stories it is the it means gate of the puma it, i mean this is the place where the world was created as far as you know what they say and uh according to their legends and stuff which sounds uh, ironically similar as soon as you're going to hear this story you're going <laughs> to you're going to know what i'm talking about these beings that were from the sky from the stars, you know, heaven, whatever. They uh, found mortal women quite attractive. So they decided to mate with them, thereby creating a 
race of superhuman giants. Sound familiar? And these were the ones that built Pumapunku. They shaped the rocks themselves. They were able to lift tremendous stones like this and put them into place to cut them so precisely that uh, no mortar was necessary. So if the locals are right, this thing is pre-Noah's flood. But let's just look at things that we can absolutely prove, okay? I chose to you know, mention what the locals say because that's important. <laughs> These were the people that were there. The civilization that lives in that region of Bolivia right now has only, only been around for about 800 years. This thing is way fucking older than that. So what's weird is <laughs> this thing has been surveyed with ground-penetrating radar, uh, induced electrical conductivity, magnetic susceptibility, the geophysical data collected from these surveys and excavations indicate the presence of mad main structures in the area. Well, doy. But a lot of these structures are buried underground. But the stuff that's buried was toppled as well. So that has to tell you that this building was destroyed quite a long time ago. The earth moves and shifts and builds on itself, right? The area was mapped with a drone. In 2016, the results showed that the site has a size of 17 hectares, of which only two hectares are on Earth. The rest are buried under the ground. A lot of the stones are sticking out of the ground, which would indicate to me flood. But we'll get into that. The age of this thing is all over the place, but let's look at the stones themselves. It is bizarre <laughs> how these things are cut. It's one of those things that these stones don't even look like they should even be here. They they should not be this old. They uh, I, I I have seen every you know, I I've, I really did my research on this one. Like I told you, I really I really did my research on this one. They bring engineers out there with their tools, with planes, diamond saws, right, laser cutting. They bring out. Everything that engineers have available today, they cannot figure this thing out. And I always thought it was funny that no matter who they bring to Pumapunku to try to figure out what the hell's going on, all of them lose their composure eventually. <laughs> when compared microscopically to the diamond saw, that the stones of Pumapunku, how they were cut originally, mirror the diamond saw, you know, what that does to the stone the closest. Now, there are theories out there that uh, one fairly recent that they use some kind of a, a molding system, an ancient form of concrete, and they molded these stones and set them up that way while they were still somewhat pliable and wet, you know, thereby uh, making it easier on themselves <laughs> as far as the weight. And, you know, they could mold pretty much any shape they want. This theory, I believe, is bunk because... I, throughout my research, I've seen geologist after geologist after geologist go through the area, and uh, don't tell me for one second that the best geologists on the planet, not only are they completely scratching their heads, but they are able to identify natural andesite, sandstone, and granite. It didn't fool them. <laughs> so, it's reasonably, uh, I can reasonably suspect that this wasn't done with some kind of concrete molding process. These are natural stones. What's weird about some of the, uh, in particular, the andesite at Pumapunku. Andesite, <clears throat> despite what you think and despite what you read, 
Andesite is not naturally magnetic. It is, however, very susceptible to magnetism. For layman's terms, in terms that even I can explain to myself, when you expose andesite to a powerful magnetic field, andesite kind of holds it there, keeps it. And a lot of the stones at Pumapunku are magnetized. Another thing that they have been completely unable to explain, these stones were, when we, we can prove this, you can take a fucking compass out there to Pumapunku right now, put it against one stone, nothing. Put it against the stone that's 10 feet away, compass goes crazy. These stones were exposed to a very high magnetic field at one point. Well, keep in mind how old these fucking things are. And I believe that we can date these. So I'll get, I'll get into that in a second. Each stone was chiseled and honed to interlock with the surrounding stones. These things have to be within the millimeter to do that. The precision in which these angles create flush joints are indicative of a sophisticated knowledge of stone cutting and descriptive geometry, man. This is nuts. Many of the joints are so precise, you can't even put a razor in between them. The holes is what freaks me out. Hundreds of them, all throughout the site. They're not even off by a millimeter. They're all the same. This is, it's nuts. Perfectly shaped holes, shapes within shapes within shapes, entire gateways, higher than two human beings standing on top of each other, carved out of one stone and lifted to that point. It's crazy. This is one of the weirdest places I've ever seen. At least five gateways and several blind miniature gateways were once or intended to be integrated into the Pumapunku uh, monumental complex. The foundation platform supported as many as eight andesite gateways. The fragments of five andesite gateways with similar characteristics to the gateway of the sun, if you know what that is, you know, were found. It's uh, associated... With It's just complete mystery, especially what are called the H-blocks. They're interconnected, kind of giant, you know, multi-ton Legos <laughs> that precisely fit together. And not every one of them is perfect, perfectly shaped. What does that tell you? If these things aren't perfectly shaped, you know, compared to each other, then they took into account the physical characteristics of each stone, where they found little bumps and grooves in you know some of these stones. If you look at the one next to it, it compensates for the bumps and grooves. Fucking weird shit. According to these theories, these uh, you know as far as well, let's let's look at the, the the locals here. These functioned as spiritual and ritual centers for the Tiwanaku. This area might be the center of the uh, Andean world, attracting pilgrims from far away to marvel in its beauty. These structures transformed the local landscape. Pumapunku was integrated with uh, Ilamani Mountain, sacred peak of the Tiwanaku, possibly believed to be the site of the creation of the world. This area was believed to exist between heaven and earth. Do they say that about every mon monolithic structure? Yeah. <laughs> Every, <laughs> every civilization says that about their monolithic structures, yeah. But I think what's particularly interesting is the theory of how they were built. The, uh, the, the, the similarities there of what's described in the Christian Bible, pretty weird. I'm not going to get into things that we cannot prove. 
<clears throat> because I have my own theories about extraterrestrials and, you know, all that stuff. I'd love to get into it sometime. I was wanting to, you know, kind of dive into it here, but that is <laughs> that is an episode all on its own for me to explain what I believe extraterrestrials to be. So we're just going to stick with what we can look at, what we can touch, what we can photograph, right? What we can physically measure. All we know for a fact is that these are some really, really old stones. They're carved to glass-like smooth perfection. And one of the theories uh, for the, uh, you know, uh, molding theory or the concrete theory, a kind of uh, how we would mold ceramic, is that the air bubbles that were trapped, and I've looked at every side of it, the people who think that this is surreal and the people who think this is bullshit, you got to dive into both sides here. You got to get a full picture, right? So you could debunk either one. And as you know on the show, I have no problem debunking shit, <laughs> even though I really, really want it to be what it is, you know. They say that the weathering and pitted look on most of the rocks is because of the air bubbles that were used when they molded the rock and has nothing to do with those rocks sitting out there in the elements for hundreds of thousands of years, possibly. Bullshit. The pitting in the rocks is not uniform. It's not all over the rocks. There are still some areas that are completely, I'm talking glass smooth. Some edges that are so sharp you can cut your finger on them. This is natural weathering. I think that the molding theory is complete bullshit. That was just something, it sounds like something created out of desperation for me. (laughs) That somebody could slap their name on a book and get a few things sold. I'm not saying that that's what the intention was. I'm sure his intentions were fine, you know, trying to really explain this thing and how the hell they built this. But it's kind of common sense to me. You look at these rocks and some parts are still as smooth as fucking glass. Some parts, uh, this doesn't look like air bubbles. This is natural weathering here. These things have been out in the elements for thousands of years. And if these things were molded and the air bubble theory and, you know, the ceramic molding theory and all that stuff, these rocks would not look like this. What this looks like is these things, uh, obviously, were completely smooth at one point. No rough edges on them whatsoever. And being out there is what caused them to look like this. It's not air bubbles. It doesn't take a genius to see that. This is natural weathering. I think that theory is completely bunk. What's, I mean, every, (laughs) it's really hard to, and and you notice this by listening to my voice, it's really hard to hone in on one specific thing about Puma Punku and tackle one thing at a time. Because every single time I turn my head, I see something else that just completely blows my mind. The molding theory, which is called the liquid stone theory, they think it was some kind of geopolymer. I'm not buying it. I think it's, I think that's crazy. Now, Puma Punku, we have to get into the, uh, you know, the pseudoscience here. (laughs) It's, uh, theories of lost continents and extraterrestrial interventions are abound here. Thousands of websites and references which refer to pseudoscientific theories of alien and Atlantis enthusiasts, you know. The archaeologist uh, Jeb uh, J. Card, if I remember correctly, is that okay? Good. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I got that right. Notes that Puma Punku is a fixture of books and television programs on alternative, uh, altern- alternative archaeology, and especially ancient alien theory. 
According to Card, Atlantis and Aliens enthusiasts point to the fine-cut masonry and the location of Pumapunku in the high, uh, very high altitude. These are complete mysteries. Pumapunku is a solid piece of evidence to them to re, you know, rebut the mildly irritating persistent claims by ancient aliens <laughs> that this thing was man-made. They think it's the best example of extraterrestrial technology. Like I said, it is their mecca based on in part by the idea that this form and design has no local precursors. Now that's a major thing, major thing. These are the only stones on the planet that look like this. Even sites that were unearthed that are nearby this thing, were, they could not find stones like this. Now, they're, uh, like a lot of places that you absolutely cannot explain, that you can't even begin to start making theories about, this place is largely ignored by the archaeological elite. They don't like to top, talk about Pumapunku because they don't know what the hell it is. There's a lot of speculation here. There's a lot of ancient astronaut theory here. But instead of diving into each one like we normally would and either confirming or debunking, we've got... Pumapunku is so strange. We have to look at it just for what it is. We have to. Now, what can we tell for a fact, for an absolute fact? They've taken diamond saws to the same stones... They've taken laser-cutting tools and even recreations of tools they had at the time to these stones and compared them microscopically. Now, we know for a fact the closest kind of cuts that we can come up with today is from a fucking diamond saw. These things are old, boy. <laughs> they didn't have diamond saws back then. It was debatable if we even had the wheel yet. And they created this. The only thing that I come up with after I look at Pumapunku and everything surrounding, how? How the fuck did they do this? How? I don't know. <laughs> I, I can't explain this one. It's fucking weird. It's bizarre. These stones are so intricately cut and we can't recreate this now. We can't figure out how they do this. All these engineers that they send out there, geologists, are all scratching their heads. Every single one of them. Now, the local legends state that basically the Nephilim, the offspring between the fallen angels and mortal women, Goliath's race, basically, these race of giants, no problem for them. Even stones that weigh 131 tons are just Legos <laughs> to these creatures, right? Obviously, we can't prove that. Even though I am a Christian and I believe in these stories. Yes, I do believe in the Nephilim, and I, I do believe in, you know, stories about the Anunnaki and you know, all the, what have you. These are all talking about the same thing. Do I think that they built Pumapunku? As much as I'd love to say yes, they, I, there's no evidence for that. So I can't use that. We have to look at this logically. Things that we can prove. But near the end of it, you're going to kind of wish that I'd gone... Pseudoscience here, because what we're left with is bizarre. So obviously we cannot prove that the race of giants created this thing, even though the locals said that's how it went down. <laughs> but I think what's going to help us out a lot is figuring out how this area was destroyed. 
Now, if you ask the locals, they'll straight up tell you, Great Flood did it. I don't think it was an explosion. I don't think it was an earthquake. You got to look at two things. The elevation of this place, it's really high up there, boy. It's at an altitude of 3,850 meters, which is about 12,000 feet. It's high up there. Now, Lake Titicaca... (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I'm a child. Lake Titicaca was... The, the shore of Lake Titicaca is basically there, right there at Pumapunku at one point. So a lot of people say, well, there was, there was an explosion, some kind of an earthquake. Well, there's no evidence of an earthquake having occurred there ever. And what proves it to me, I'm just looking at this, like I said, from just a common sense perspective, which I think when it comes to weird places like this, Possibly ancient astronaut stuff, really, just nobody looks at this stuff logically. They want it so bad to be what they want it to be. Their sense of logic goes completely out the window. That's why this podcast exists. (laughs) Because as much as I want certain things to be real, we can't do that here. We can't. We got to look at things that we can physically touch, you know, and study, measure. There was no mortar used in these structures. And back in the day, these things were impressive. Make the Great Pyramid at Giza look like, you know, a fucking truck stop bathroom. Seriously, this was impressive back in the day. They didn't use mortar. These stones fit together so perfectly, they didn't have to. Odd in itself. We have to use mortar today, right? Think about the ease of building something. This is what bugs me. If you're making a building, think about the ease of making it. That has a lot to do with how that building is built, with the tools that you have available, with the machines that you have available. You make a building as efficiently as you can being a human being. Bricks fit in the palm of your hand. Yes, we use bigger stones, but they can be carried by either yourself with two hands, a couple people, or a crane, right? We don't use these absolutely enormous megalithic blocks. We don't even do that today. The ease of building has a lot to do with the building structure itself. You make a building that's easy to build. (laughs) That's just, that's natural. That's how you do it. You make stones that fit in your hand. We use mortar today. And they didn't back then. These these stones are absolutely fucking massive. You got to see pictures of this place. It's unreal. My take on it, it's obvious, man. This place was destroyed in a flood. The way that the stones are scattered, the way most of them are buried underground, the fucking stones that we see right now, visible ones that are half buried in the ground, the way that they're tossed about. Some people say tidal wave. The locals say the Great Flood itself, which timeline-wise, we can't prove it. If you ask my opinion, this thing probably is as old as the the flood, man. (laughs) I don't know. But definitely, this was created by a mass of very violently flowing water at this altitude that destroyed all of these uh, complexes, all of these buildings. Sorry, man, but we got to think logically here. The Great Flood's the only thing that fits, right? (laughs) There are huge fossils that were found in the area at this altitude. Fossils everywhere, all over the site. It's just logical to me. This thing was destroyed in a flood, if not the flood. So with that said, 
we can kind of date this thing. <laughs> even if, okay, well, even, this is this is my theory here, okay? This is where I date it. I date this thing slightly pre-flood, pre-the flood. Even if it wasn't, okay? If I told you that this site was built in, let's say, 1540, you, your mind would still be fucking blown looking at these stones. It doesn't matter when these things were built. Yeah, Puma Punku? Yeah, well, yeah a bunch of engineers built it in 1965, right? <laughs> People would still be wandering out here and be like, how the hell did they do this, man? Using only primitive tools? Even using the tools we have today. This is just one of those places that we struggle to recreate. We can't wrap our head around this place. Why is this different than Giza? Why is this different than Stonehenge? It's the way that these stones are carved. Intricate. Extremely intricate. And if you look at them microscopically, this thing is mo the most comparable to diamond sawing? How? How? <laughs> How did they do this? I don't know. I don't have a theory as far as how the hell they carved these things. Do I believe it was extraterrestrial? Can't prove that. Uh, do I believe that... <laughs> as a reflux. Can't prove it. Right? Or is there some evidence out there that um, I, I believe can be proven as extraterrestrial? Yeah. We've talked about some of them on the show. This Puma Punku isn't one of them. That type of evidence just isn't there. It's not there. But what we can physically see, what we can actually study, right? What we can actually look at, touch, is that this was obviously built with a different technology than what we believe they had. This was built with a technology that we don't have now. And I think that we don't give these ancient societies, we don't give them the, you know, the benefit of the doubt ever, <laughs> right? Maybe they had something that we didn't. Maybe they were able to figure out something we didn't. How old are human beings? Roughly 100, but the human beings as they are now, roughly 200,000 years old, right? If you believe the evidence that's actually there, <laughs> I don't think any of this disproves the Bible. I mean, even though I'm a Christian, right? I don't think any of this contradicts itself at all. There are people that believe the human race is only 5,000 years old. Give me a fucking break. It's obvious the human beings are older than that. I'm not going to get into that, though. But well, human beings, okay, roughly, what, 200,000 years old, around there, human beings as we know them now. How long has the written word been around? Let's look at Sumerian cuneiform. If you look at the totality of man's existence, and then you look at the time where human beings started writing shit down, where we started keeping records of things, where we started not just using stories as word of mouth, passing them down through the generations, writing them so people thousands of years can now can figure out what the hell was going on. The written word hasn't been around that long. Most of mankind's history is completely lost. So I think it would be rather foolish to say definitively that whoever built sites like Pumapunku, let's look at Pumapunku in particular, because this is the strangest one. It would be pretty dumb of you to say that Pumapunku was built by 
a society that only had these certain kind of tools, that only had chicken bone <laughs> and rope and possibly not even the wheel. I think they had a lot more than what we think. I think they had a technology that we're completely unaware of. They had uh, Giza, same way. But let's not get distracted. Let's look at Puma Puku on its own. They had a technology that we're unaware of. They had a more advanced system that we can even come up with today. Is it extraterrestrial? I don't know. Can't prove that. I don't know. Could it be? Uh, possibly. These things look laser cut. They're smooth as fucking glass. Right angles. Perfect right angles. You can take lasers to these rocks. And most of these things, which nobody mentions this, a lot of them have their own magnetic fields. How? That's what I always arrive back to. Puma Punku freaks me out. How? The only thing that we can prove, in my opinion, what looking at it logically, not believing in the ancient astronaut theory so much that we really want it to be, and even though there's nothing there that proves that, <laughs> we have no proof that it was built by the Nephilim. We have no proof that it was extraterrestrial, right? There's no proof of that whatsoever. The only thing that we do know is roughly how old these stones are. I think it's proven how they were destroyed. It's fucking obvious. It was destroyed by very violent movements of water. You look at the pictures, you can see for yourself. I hate it when people try to invent scenarios when it's right there in front of your face. It's obvious. And since it doesn't fit their timeline or how they would like to explain it, they got to say, oh, explosion. Or they got to say earthquake, or they got to say this and that, and they're surrounded by evidence of flooding. It's obvious, man. Uh, Puma Punku doesn't fit a lot of my own personal things that I would like it to be, but <laughs> right? But we got to look at it for what it is. They had a technology far surpassing even what we have. How they got it, I don't know. Where it is, I don't know. They never found one single tool at this site. Not one. Not a hammer, not a chisel, nothing. That freaks you out on its own. You want to think at one point somebody had at least dropped a chicken bone or a hammer or a piece of rope or something just to test this out back in the 1960s, actually. The Bolivian army, the entire Bolivian fucking army, they tried to recreate Puma Punku with actual stones that are the same height, weight, everything. Didn't carve them, mind you. They didn't bother trying to figure that shit out. But the lifting and the placing of the stones, the entire Bolivian army couldn't move one of the stones but a few inches, let alone hoist it up. You could say a lot of this about a lot of ancient megalithic structures. Pumpunku is probably the, the strangest. Now there are, this is what kind of proves the age of it to me. There are certain markings at Puma Punku with connecting stones. They are kind of interlocking kind of divots and cuts in these stones where they would put them together and pour molten metal into these impressions. They're called, I forget what kind of cuts they're called, um, uh, keystone cuts, I believe. And they pour the molten metal in there, sometimes brass, mixture of silver and gold, sometimes copper, whatever. We know this because these uh, cuts have the metal residue still in there. Residue of copper, 
brass in some places, mixture of silver and gold, but it's not there anymore. These were not removed. This shows indicative of natural decomposition. I want you to do yourself a favor. I'm not going to tell you. Go do this research on your own. I want you to look up how long it takes for gold, silver, and brass to naturally, a copper as well, to naturally decompose. I'm talking 100% disappeared, gone, decomposed. Find out how long it takes for that shit to completely go. It'll blow your mind. It's crazy because we still find residue of that stuff in there. So there was there were metals used. Metals? <laughs> there were metals used at a site this old? Molten metals at that. Pumapunku does not look like it's supposed to be there. Nothing there looks like it's supposed to be there. If they, every analyzation of this thing, every attempt to try to explain what the hell it is, always falls flat on their faces. They bring engineers out there that are scratching their heads. They cannot figure this place out. I think it's funny that the archaeological school, you know, the elite of archaeology, they never want to tackle this place. They don't like to tackle places that are just bizarre like this that you cannot explain. My take on it, okay, at the very end of it, Pumapunku. What is it? <laughs> just another ancient monolithic structure. God knows what it was used for. When was it made? It was obviously destroyed in one hell of a flood. And considering things like the, taking the local legends into account, right? Taking the oxidation of the metal, completely, complete, uh, what am I looking for? Decomposition of the metal that was used during the mortar filling for the fitting parts, you know? Taking that into account, this thing was... If it wasn't destroyed in the Great Flood, it was destroyed pretty damn close to it. And this had to have been a pretty violent flood to knock these stones over, which they didn't use mortar. It's obvious. These things were knocked over by water. We can prove that much. The carvings, how these stones were carved, they weren't molded. This is natural weathering. Any idiot can look at it and see that too. I'm not a geologist. I can't tell you exactly how stone corrodes over time. But I can tell you, I know fucking natural corrosion when I see it. This stuff wasn't molded. And even if it was, let's argue that, okay? Let's say that, let's say that they use a form of ceramic molding on these stones. How the fuck did they do that? <laughs> right? How did they even know that? That's still weird. So even people who have this concrete molding theory, we're still left with the fucking how, who done it. You know, like we're still left with that. How these stones were carved, molded, doesn't matter. Doesn't fucking matter. This society, whoever built these at the time, should not have had that kind of technology. No way. We can't even figure this out now. What I take, what my take on it is, is it, ex is it extraterrestrial? I don't think so. Was it built by the Nephilim as much as I would love it to be? I don't think so. I think most of our history as human beings is completely lost. The written word really is not that old compared to us. Most of human history is gone. So I think that a lot of these ancient civilizations, I don't know how they got this. <laughs> I don't know where they got this. I don't know who taught them. 
but they had a technology that we're completely unaware of. They were able to do things with stone that we can't. What are you going to... There's even a theory that they deforested an area nearby to use tree trunks as rollers for the stones. No, no. (laughs) There's monolithic structures in some places where trees were hundreds of miles away. They figured something out. They knew how to build shit out of these stones to purposely make us scratch our heads when you're building something like that. Yeah. Uh, our, our architects even talk about that now. When you're making a building, when you're designing and creating something, there's this natural part in you that says, man, this thing is going to be enjoyed for generations. So did they build things to possibly freak us out? Uh, maybe. To impress us with their uh, knowledge, to for us to acknowledge their God and worship uh, the majesty of the thing that inspired the place? Maybe. But I'm left with, they knew something we didn't. Plain and simple. They had technology that we did not. I wish I could tell you where that technology came from, how they learned it, where they got it, where it is. But we can't. I think the most obvious thing that we could say is Puma Punku was built by us, destroyed by Earth, and we have no fucking clue how. <laughs> do you have theories about Puma Punku? Huh? Do you want to throw your hat into the ring? If you do, go ahead and head to uh, Asylum817.com. That's Asylum817.com. At the very top of the page, you'll see a link for the Strange Places podcast. Throw your hat in the ring, man. Leave me a comment. There's a space right there on the website. You can do that. Huh? Let me know. Send me some messages. What do you think about the ruins of Puma Punku? How was it built? Do you believe in uh, anything that I haven't even tackled yet? Are you convinced about the Nephilim? I would love to talk about that on an episode one day. Just let me know. We'll, we'll probably tackle that because <laughs> it interests me. I don't believe that this is part of the Nephilim myth at all. There's just no evidence to say otherwise. And there is evidence out there that I believe does prove that kind of shit. Puma Punku is not one of them. So let me know what you think about it, Okay. So uh, are we ever going to run out of strange places? I don't think so. But if we ever do, fear not. Every town has a strange place. And maybe one day we'll visit yours.